Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We are so happy you could join us. Next, you will be hearing a message from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. To learn more about the Lighthouse, visit their website at grenadachurch.com. Now, on to the message. If you would, turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 2 and verse 28. But there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets, and making on, known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days, thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. And let's pray again. Father, we need your help this morning, God. That anointing, that presence, God. That, that anointing of the Holy Spirit that breaks the yoke of every bondage, God. And I ask God it would start in this pulpit, God. Anoint my lips to speak. I ask your people, God, their hearts to be anointed with your love, your grace, and your mercy to take in your word, God, and let it change us forever. And we'll be careful to give you the glory, honor, and praise. And we say, Amen. And King Nebuchadnezzar, was he had a terrible dream one night. Just going to share with you a story in my own words, the, the best I can here. But the, the dream was so disturbing to him, he couldn't sleep. And the dream lingered on into the morning. And it left him greatly puzzled, and he called all of his wise men and uh, musicians and magicians, everybody he had, he called them together, and he said, tell me the meaning of these dreams. He had forgotten the dream. It disturbed him, and he couldn't remember exactly every detail, but he he basically was telling him, I pay y'all to do this. I want you to interpret the dream for me. And uh, you claim to be wise men. I want to know what I've dreamed, and then I want you to interpret it for me. And if you cannot do this, he told them, I'm going to cut you into pieces. And the wise men, they they said, we're going to give it a try. We're going to try to come up with something. They put their heads together, and and they tried to find a solution, but they were helpless. And they went out about to kill all these men, but they found one in the city of Babylon. There happened to be a young man there who was a true friend of God, and his name was Daniel. And he went before the king, and he said, if you'll give me a little time, let me, let me go over this over tonight, and I'll give you the dream, and I'll give you the interpretation of. And then Daniel did the right things after that. He called three of his friends over, and he said, we're going to get together, and we're going to pray about this. There was a necessity there. It was their life. And he said, we're going to pray about it, and we're going to ask God to give us the dream and the interpretation. And they got down on their knees, and they prayed about it, and God come through. And he gave Daniel the dream and interpretation. And he, he did the next right thing. He got down on his knees, and he thanked God for revealing the truth to him. So Daniel gets up the next day, and he goes to the king, and he said to the king, There is not a man on earth who could tell you your dream and interpret it. But, but there is a God in heaven. Hallelujah who has revealed the dream to me. So instead of being chopped into pieces, Daniel received many rich gifts from the king, and he was made a ruler over Babylon, and he was placed as chief over the wise men. You and I, in every trouble that we have to face, we can say that there is a God in heaven who will help us and deliver us. He will work all things out for his good and his glory. And I'll just, this morning, it's going to be a little bit different, but I'm just going to go through some testimonies we have in the Bible of Bible grace that can declare this same thing, that there is a God in heaven 
One was Moses, and the children of Israel with Moses had spent many years in bondage in Egypt. And Moses learned a great truth at the Red Sea. He learned this truth that there is a God in heaven. And Moses was called into Egypt. He appeared before Pharaoh and said, let my people go. I know this is an old story we're familiar with, but there's got to be times we got to recount these stories and tell the truth contained in them. Many trials and temptations and, follow, and disappointments followed the children of Israel as they were in bondage. But one day the Pharaoh, after many plagues, had said that he would let them go. And they went. And millions of Jews marched out of Egypt on their way to the promised land. But they come to a dead end at the sea. And Pharaoh and his army were chasing behind them. And it looked bad and Moses cried out. Why did you bring us here to die? Were there no graves in Egypt? And Moses knew Pharaoh was a great king. He knew his army was mighty. He knew the sea was wide. But he knew there was a God in heaven. He knew there was a God in heaven that could deliver them. God told Moses to quit crying and move the people forward. And Moses lifted up his rod and the waters parted before him. And the children of Israel, they moved across a dry ground, across a dry path. I love the story of one Christian student that was in a college and he was up under an atheist teacher. And he was discounting the story of the children of Israel leaving Egypt. And he stood up in front of the class and said, there's no possible way that the children of Israel could have crossed that ocean there because at that time, we as scientists know there wasn't just but a few inches of water. So this fable of these armies being drowned is just that, a fable. And this one Christian stu uh, student stood up to this atheist professor and said, Hallelujah! Praise God! Isn't that a wonderful story? And that professor looked at him and said, You didn't hear me. I said that there was only a few inches of water at that time in the Red Sea said, praise God, isn't that amazing how God could drown all those armies in just a few inches of water? Amen. The Egyptian army found out the hard way. There is a God in heaven that fights for his people. I know we live in some tough times. I know there's a lot of things going around. The church is not real popular right now. Many Christians are facing their own Red Sea before them. I see some of you here today, you've had Red Seas before you this week. But you've got to remember, there's a God in heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a God in heaven that's on our side. There's a God in heaven that's still fighting for us. And they cross that Red Sea. Just listen a moment after they cross. What did they hear on the other side of the Red Sea? It wasn't murmuring. It wasn't complaining. It was a song of praise they were lifting up. When we cry and complain, when we say, oh, there's no hope, and this world is never going to change, the church is never going to change, I'm not going to change, you're saying there is no God that can help me. You're saying there's no hope in this world. I say to you today, but we praise God, and we say there is a God in heaven. He drowned the horse and the rider into the sea. He will deliver us if we trust in Him. God doesn't abide in murmuring and complaining. That's not where God gives the victory at. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. Hallelujah. In this day and age we live in, now we can get an old long tongue 
and we can look down and say, woe is me, and be like those two hillbillies sitting on the porch on hee-haw and saying, gloom and despair and agony is on me. But I promise you it's not going to get us very far. That doesn't spin in God's economy of things. God is looking for people to go forward on the dry land and know that there is a God in heaven that will bring the victory. How many times have myself have I stood on that side of the Red Sea and looking across and saying, we'll never make it, we'll never go forward, but yet God has parted the waters for me every single time. Every time God has parted the waters for me. I did this uh, two years ago, when I was working on three now, maybe even four times flying by on me. I had an operation that changed my life. It was supposed to, I, I went to several doctors and said, oh, this is just going to be in and out. And you'll have no problem, Brother Wilson. Next thing I know, I'm looking up at my ceiling. I can't move my leg and I got infection running my body. And the devil is telling me, this is it. You'll never come up out of this. When you're laying on your back, you don't get much done. And, I, and for a while, I was listening to the devil tell me these things. But you know, God finally parted the waters for me in the last part of 2019. I was in my room praying, and, and I called out the name Jehovah Rapha. I said, God, you're still in the healing business. And I'm tired of listening to this devil. I know that you still heal, God. And I'm asking you, God, to intervene. I felt something shoot all over me in that room. I went up to my wife, and I had that foot brace on. I said, I believe God just healed me. I took that brace off, and I haven't put that stinking thing back on since. Amen? I know I'm still hobbling around a little bit, but that's all right. I can shake that leg a little bit now. Hallelujah. Remember, there is a God in heaven that's on your side. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They learned the truth in the fiery furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar, he built a statue the same, in the same time period, our opening text. Daniel, he'd been appointed over the country, appointed three young boys to help him out. And that was these three young boys. But King Nebuchadnezzar built a statue out of gold, 95 foot high and 9 foot wide. And he said, I want you to gather everybody up across the land. And I want you to bring them before the statue. And they will bow down when the music starts to play. And everybody bowed down before the statue except three little Hebrew boys. And now, here's how the devil works. You've got to read into this story just a little bit. Some people took the occasion to whisper in the king's ear and told the king, said, hey, there was three boys that wouldn't bow down. Boy, that's a type and a symbol of the devil to me. Say, oh, look, look at what they're doing over here. And the king, it, it caught his attention. He called him forward. He said, well, surely there's been a mistake. Y'all, now I'm going to try this again. I'm going to start up the music again, and surely y'all bow down. There's just been a mistake. So you bow down to the statue, and there won't be any problem. And this was their reply. Your majesty... We don't need to defend ourselves. Oh, come on. That was a good place for you to shout right there. I don't need to defend myself. The God we worship can save us from you and your flaming furnace. But even if he doesn't, we still won't worship your gods and the gold statue you have set up. 
You know, when the world gossips about you, when the world threatens you, you've got to remember there's still a God in heaven that will come to your rescue. These are not fables. These are not myths. I, I, would, I, would, I would think that if each and every one of you, I could, I, could, I could call you by name and I could get some of you to stand up right now and give you testimony. But I've watched some of you get, go through furnaces. I've watched some of you be threatened with this to the end. And you've got to remember, there is not one time, if you didn't quit, God never quit in your life. There is still a God in heaven that still answers prayer. Hallelujah. The king was mad. And he said, y'all fire up the furnace. But this time, I want you to make it seven times hotter. And the guards that come and got the three boys, the furnace was so hot, when they threw the boys in, it burnt the guards up that, uh, that were going to, that pushed the boys in. That's how hot the furnace was. And they, you gotta, they tied these young boys up. They threw them in clothes, turbans, and all. I love this part. The king looks in the furnace and he said, I thought y'all tied those three boys up and threw them in the furnace. Why am I looking at four men running around in the furnace and they're untied and one of them looks like the Son of God? Jesus. Now you can say what you want, you can interpret any kind of way you want, but when I see those words, the Son of God, Jesus Christ showed up in that furnace with those three Hebrew boys that day and protected them in the midst of impossible circumstances. I want you to know, we've talked about this story many times. I don't know that I've ever caught this before, but I caught it last night when I was reading. Notice the king said, I thought you tied them up. Now they're untied inside of the furnace. You know, when the devil has you shackled, when life has you shackled down and it doesn't seem like you can get loose, I know a chain breaker this morning. I know somebody that can break those shackles that have got you bound. I have watched him break the addictions of drugs in my own life. I have watched him take those bound by alcohol and break those addictions in life. He is a chain breaker. I love that song, Chain Breaker, because he can surely break the chains. Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. If you are enjoying the sermon you are hearing, We need your help. We do not sell any advertising on this station. You will not hear any third-party ads. This radio ministry operates by donations only. So, we need your prayers and financial gifts to keep bringing Christ and Him crucified to the world. Let God use you to keep Power of the Cross Radio going around the globe. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you. Now, back to the message. Daniel learned this great truth in the lion's den. Now, in the same chapter of the Bible, a decree went out saying that no one should be worshiping anybody but the king. And Daniel, he paid no attention to this decree. As a matter of fact, three times daily, Daniel would go to his window and he would kneel down facing Jerusalem and he would pray to the God of Israel. Because of his disobedience, people once again took occasion against Daniel and they accused him and said, 
Oh, king, I thought you said nobody would pray but unto you. And he was caught. Folks, you've got to watch out for traps of the enemy. There are so many things out there waiting to accuse you. We have to be careful about what we do as Christians. We've got many people out there just living any kind of way they want. And then the enemy comes along and says, See, I told you they're not Christian. I told you they were of this world. You know, I guess Daniel could have brought the shades down so nobody could see him. But there's an important lesson to learn here. Your faith has to be lived out. How can I live out my faith? The easiest way is to show up to church. The easiest way is to pray in public. The easiest way is to talk about your faith. you got a mission field in your home. I believe it was Brother Gary posted something about how, what if we talk to our kids the way we talk to others? Like we come down here and we watch this little girl get gloriously saved today. Her name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. What if we talk to our own kids that way? What if we sought the salvation of our own kids and our own family the way we do everybody else? We've got a mission field in our home. To learn something else, when I looked at this, Daniel was in his home and he was praying. We're wanting revival in our land. I'm ready for it. We are so close to seeing the rapture of the church. What a time. It's closer than you think. Wake up. It's closer than you think. The master's standing at the door. This Bible has been fulfilled before your eyes. It's the midnight hour. We know that summer is near. And when Israel become a nation, Jesus said this generation would not pass without seeing the coming of the Son of Man. We're here. But revival's not here. There is no great move of God going on in this land, and I dare say the world. There is no great move of God happening right now. I'm not telling you there's not spatterings of it. I'm not telling you there are not churches that are definitely watching God's Spirit move and might be types and symbols of it. But there is no great move of God happening right now. And I got ministers 60 to 70 years that agreed with me when I said this. What's it going to take? I truly don't believe it's going to be at the pulpit. I don't think it's going to start because of somebody went out and got a uh, mission started working on cars. If you were here Wednesday night, you know what I'm talking about. I'll explain later if you want me to tell you. I don't think it's going to come by handing out bottles of water. I don't think it's going to come by just agreeing with people on every thought they have. I truly believe revival is going to come across this land when our homes get back to worshiping God again. How is revival going to start in this church when it starts in our homes? Boy, that's a great place for you to say, me and Brother Wilson. Great place. When's the last time we sat down with our kids and prayed? At a minimum, we could be praying over our food with our, with our families. When's the last time we, we made a conscious effort to have God in our homes? You know, Daniel got on his face and he prayed three times a day towards Jerusalem. There was a time when families, their day was compromised with the mother and, or the father going to work wherever he worked. And the mother was at home getting things ready, supper cooked, taking care of kids, maybe teaching lessons at home or getting the kids off to school, coming home. And then they 
when they all gathered back up that evening after the day's work was done, the father would open the Bible. He would read passages to the kid. That same father would get down on his knees and pray with the family. Them same father and mother would go in at nighttime while their children were asleep. And they would pray over them. And they would ask God to bless their household. And now we don't even have much time to even gather up as a family anymore. We're too busy. Little Johnny's got his cell phone out and playing games while mom and dad is going and doing their own thing. We're busy with life and going about jobs and doing this and doing that and doing the other. And we wonder what's happened in America. Our homes are the problem. I'm talking about my home, your home, every home. Nobody's immune to this. We've all changed. There's going to have to come that blessed hour that we all gather back around the throne of God in our homes. And say, you know what? And this is nothing disparaging to the ladies. I mean, ladies, if you don't have a man in your house, you're the head of your household, so this applies to you in that respect. But if you have a godly husband in your home, he, he's the one that has to initiate this. But if, you, if you're the head of your house, you have to initiate it, ladies. That's all you got. You're going to have to be the one. Somebody, let, let me bring it to this point here. Somebody in the house is going to have to be the leader and rise up and say, you know what, it's for me and my house. We're going to pray and worship the God of Israel. I may not be perfect. I'm not telling you I've got everything together in my house, Lord. But at least we can do this. At least we can put forth every effort to worship you. We can show up to your house and worship. We can pray over our meals. We can start this. I promise you we'll do this. Not just the lighthouse. This applies to every house across this nation. If we will come back to God and set aside one day out of the week, the Lord's Day. I know we're not up under the Sabbath, but there's still a day. You know, on Sundays it used to be compromise of families not running out and going hunting, going fishing. and run. Oh, You don't know, Brother Wilson, I got a rest from work. There's a rest found in God. And we can set aside one day out of the week. If not, I, I, now, you know I'm going to tell you to be here three services. That's just the preacher in me. But if we could just set aside one service every Sunday to come and be part of the Lord's house, not just the lighthouse, every place. I got to move on. Daniel found out a truth about the lion's den. He wouldn't worship the way they wanted him to worship. So they said, we're going to chunk you in the lion's den. So they carried Daniel off to the lion's den. And I, Now, if you don't agree with this, this is okay. But I can just see in my mind that as Daniel's on his way to the lion's den, God has a talk with the lions. I've got somebody coming. Now, I want y'all to be nice to him. I want y'all to be calm when he gets here. Matter of fact, I just want you to lay down and let him lay his head on your mane and give him a good night's sleep. And y'all be good to Daniel. I'll preach over here for a minute. <laughs> I think God, I know God talked to them lines and he told them to be calm. I got a man on the way. And Daniel walked in the middle of that with no fear. He went in and laid down with the lines and had a good night's rest. There's only one way he could do that. He knew there was a God in heaven. 
He knew there was a God in heaven despite what he was being put into, the situation. So you think about that the next time you're shoved off in a situation you really don't want to be in. God, I feel like I'm being shoved off in the lion's den. God has already spoke to the situation. If you'll have some faith that there is a God in heaven that can take care of the problem. Then the next morning, the king runs down. And I think the king was, he, he knew he'd been set up and put Daniel to that. King Darius runs to the situation. He says, Daniel, did you make it through the night? And this is what he heard out the lion's den. O king, live forever. What does that mean, Brother Wilson? It means I'm doing quite well. How are you doing? I slept good last night. That is the only way you can find peace in life is to know that there is God in heaven. And we're entering a time of wicked and evil generation. And if you look at the situation and you get your mind off that God in heaven, it's going to run you in the ground. And you're not going to make it. You're not going to make heaven your home if you keep your eyes on this world. You want a good night's sleep. Put your faith and hope in somebody that can help you. Not a denomination. Not a TV ministry. A God that is in heaven. Now, you can learn this truth today. There is a God in heaven that's provided justification and sanctification to you. If there's two things you need in your life in this Christian walk... Now, there are a lot of blessings walking after God. I, I stood out in my little old field the other day, and I, I've been quite blessed. I've, I've got several. Like, now, somebody else may look at me and just tell me I'm just old poor hillbilly out in the middle of some kudzu, but that's all right. The way I look at it, I'm rich. I got, man, I looked out there, and I've got some wide open acres, goats done cleaned up. I got goats running everywhere. I got goat. We had seven goat babies. Y'all little kids want to come see some goats. Come on out. We had a little goat baby. I got my two sons there. I got two grandchildren running around. I have been blessed. I have been blessed beyond measure. God has poured out on me things I do not deserve. But if there's two things I need from Him, is these two things right here. I need to be justified and I need to be sanctified. Justification is what you saw with this little young lady up here today. When the Holy Spirit moves up on your heart and convicts you at whatever age that He does. That was her age of accountability. She was standing here and something swept over her and said, I need to accept Christ as my Savior. And God at that moment through a simple little prayer justified her. That means He made her perfect. And although she's a sweet little child, I can't see any flaws in her. Now mom and daddy might can, I don't, but I don't see any flaws. She just looked like an innocent little child. But I do know the reality, the sin nature still dwells in her. Amen. It dwells in every one of you. It dwells in my son. It dwells in me. But when God declares you justified, that means you're innocent as though nothing ever happened in your life. You're declared completely perfect as Christ is perfect. We got that. We know what salvation is. That salvation is simplest of terms. But there's something else that you need, and it's called sanctification. There's a God in heaven that will sanctify you and set you apart for His work. What does that mean? That same faith that saved that child, and I, I love to see it because it makes a great sermon illustration. She didn't do anything but just have simple faith and believe. And that's the same type of faith it takes to walk before God the right way. 
When you're sanctified, that means I, had, I exhibited the same faith that child did. I just believe Christ died for me, and I accept that, and God helped me. That's it in the simplest of terms. And what is so powerful about this is it takes an old stubborn, rotten human like me, and it sanctifies him, and it makes him perfect before God, and now he gives me the power to live this life. There's a God in heaven that will help you every day of your life. He will walk with you in those times that you've had tragedy hit your life. He'll walk with you in those times that you've sinned. And you think there's nobody from the north, south, east, or west that has seen you. But there's a God above that's seen everything you've done. But this is the same God, although he don't like what he's seen. This is the same God that says, if you'll just accept my son's sacrifice, I'll sanctify you. Is that important, Brother Wilson? It'll be very important when God brings you to the end of your journey here on this earth. And at that day, you can look up and say, you know what? I finished my race and I have finished my course. But there's a God in heaven. Not only did he help me when I was down here, he'll let me finish this race and he's going to carry me into eternity with him. There's over 125 verses I could find about comfort in the Bible. Comforting here on the earth. But there's one that stands out to me when Jesus looked at the masses and he told them, Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. We're in a tumultuous world. We're living in a time where there's just, we've got so much to do, so many activities, so many things coming at us a hundred miles an hour, good and bad. And we're living in a time we can't hardly find rest. You may get some physical rest, you may lay your head down for a moment on the pillow. But you need spiritual rest too, my friends. You need rest from this world every once in a while. And there's a God in heaven that's able to meet your need today. There's a God in heaven just waiting. He's like that father. I'll close with this. That prodigal son that went out and spent his fortune in a foreign country. It got so bad he was walling around in hog slop just to get something to eat. And he remembered. He said, you know what? I can go back home. And he went back home. And you know what he found when he went back home? There was a father sitting on the porch waiting on him. <laughs> he didn't have to go hunt the father down. The father was waiting on him. Because there's a God in heaven waiting on you today. He's waiting on you to meet your every need, I promise you. Would you stand with me this morning? <clears throat> Would every head bow and every eye closed, please? If you have a need this morning, say, I need this God in heaven. Would you slip up your hand? I see hands everywhere. God, you see that hand before you this morning. And Father, I'm asking you today, God, by the tender mercies that you have for your creation, that God, your grace and mercy will come down on each and every situation. Father, we may have veered to the left and right, but you're the God in heaven that is still meeting each and every day. Father, there's a man listening today named Tim Terrence. He needs your help today. He wrote a little message to me this week. He said, I've got cancer stage four. man that served his country, he loved God. I said, I, I, I'm going to pray for him. And we prayed for him. And he wrote me back this week. And he said, the cancer has had very little growth this time. He said, thank you. 
There's a God in heaven that can take this cancer from that man today. And I'm asking Lord to intervene in that situation. We have families here today that are going through loss. Their hearts heavy, Lord. I'm asking you, Father, here's the God in heaven that meets all of our needs. I'm asking you to come into that empty place in their life today. And I'm asking you to reach in, God, and put your love, your grace, and your mercy and fill that gap. I can't do it. You have to do it, God. Father, there's many here that they need help. They've got something in their life that's pressing on. We all face these things. God intervene in each and every situation. That's not being prophetic. I just know as a human being that every family here is facing situations that seem like it's beyond their control. God, you can intervene and you can bring the answer. We're trusting you with that today because we know there's a God in heaven that's on our side. We love you, Lord. Be with these people. Bring us back tonight as we study your word and the prophecy of what is about to come up on this earth. We give you the glory, honor, and praise. We ask it in that wonderful name of Jesus. And we say amen. This brings us to the end of this message, and we hope it has been a blessing to you. Be sure to come back often for more great sermons and commercial free Christian music streamed 24 hours a day. If you need someone to pray with you, we have a prayer wall at Power of the Cross Radio website. You can leave your request there and also help others pray for their needs. We also offer live prayer periodically throughout the day as intercessors are available. Just click on the talk icon at the bottom right of any page. If someone is available, you can chat live or leave your message if no one is available. Thank you for joining us today and may God bless you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries.